Welcome, everyone. To This House, a podcast with Corey and Katie. This is a podcast about marriage, kids, and the gospel. Because as for this house, and hopefully yours, we, we will, will serve, serve the Lord. Welcome back to This House podcast. We are on a roll. Four in a row. This is the most frequently we've ever podcasted. It's pretty exciting. We did it. <laughs> Speaking of frequency... Like what I did there? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than most. Um, I would say most of our episodes are totally fine for you to listen to in the car, um, going on a road trip with your children of all ages. And this one will be a little bit different. So um, we will be covering the topic of the gift of marriage. So um, without saying anything more, because you might have little ears listening, if you haven't had that talk with your children about where babies come from, yeah, it might be time to turn this off until they're out of the car or out of your vicinity. So, yeah, right, so, Corey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so if you got small kids, this is not uh, the episode to listen if to. If you don't want to answer a lot of questions today, yes, this might be the time to. Yeah, but after you listen to it, if you think, hey, my teenager needs to hear this or... Um, I've got a, you know, or if you're a college student or somebody, this is not, we're not going to be graphic. We're not going to intentionally, you know, uh, uh, say something that would be provocative, but, uh, we are going to talk about the gift of marriage, which is, um, hopefully little ears aren't listening now, but we're going to talk about sex today. That's right. Right. Do you want to give a, what was your quote you're going to share? About? Um, well, just like thinking about the book of this, the book of Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, which we are going to hopefully we've already told you this, but we are going to do a study series on that coming shortly. But um, that book, I've just heard it described um, from a few different sources as being like sexually provocative, but never spiritually impure, never pornographic. And so I think that's what we are going to attempt to do today, even less so even than the Song yeah. of Solomon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what... Not as poetic, right? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will not be um, doing poetry today, but we will be because we'll be reading it as looking true. forward. So, but today is just kind of an overview of the gift that God gives to married couples. Yeah. So it's a really neat way to look at it, like a gift. Like you think gift. about... Weddings, what's the exciting part for the couple to be when they start having showers and all those things? You get a lot of gifts. Yeah. Christmas morning. Yeah. Open up gifts. Yes. yes. Gifts are good. Gifts um, are uh, from someone who loves you. And yeah. uh, gifts are something that you get to receive. You and get I just to open think about it like in terms of, you know, a marriage, like God gives a married couple a wedding gift. Like, and that's a really neat way to think about it. Wow. I've never thought about that. That's, that's where I was going with that. And then you kind of derailed with Christmas morning. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> I love the, uh, yeah, that's good. God gives a wedding gift. God, it's like he gives that you, is awesome. he's a, at one of your wedding showers. And a gift that keeps yeah. giving. That's right. Which is awesome. Um, Dare so, yeah. I say the best gift that you will Absolutely. get. Absolutely. You know, no doubt. It's way better than like a mixer, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or a crock pot, right? Yes. Um, so yeah. So Katie, what is the first, here's a little trivia. What's the first command in the Bible? Now, before you answer it, if you're listening, try, try to think about that. Okay. What's the first command that God gave to human beings? I like this music. Yes. 
So what do you think, Eddie? What's the very first command? Well, the first command he gave to man or to a married couple? Just or? as you're reading the Bible, the very first command you come upon. Well, let's be fruitful. Yes. <laughs> the very first command in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply. So God makes man his image. The very first thing he says is he blesses them, and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. So think about how cool that is. The very first thing God said was not, don't eat this, don't do that. Um, the very first command wasn't the Ten Commandments. The very first command was, I've just made man and woman. There's this marriage that's coming, and here's the very first command. Be fruitful and multiply. That means make babies. So, Does be fruitful mean something different than multiply? No, I think that's, um, I think the multiply is what happens from, I think be fruitful is, he's literally talking about that intimate relationship. Okay. Like, as a married couple, have sex. And that's the result of that is you multiply. And multiply. Like, so in the fruitfulness, okay, as you're fruitful together, then it's going to create more image bearers of God. So that's going to be, the fruit is going to lead to multiplication. So, and then you're going to teach those other people to, hey, you go now, find your bride, find your husband, you be fruitful, and you multiply. So, it kind of, I just thought of this. <laughs> you're, I feel hey, like you get nervous Let's when I it. say yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just I just go. thought about, it's kind of cool, like when you are born again, like God, like into the family of God, when you become a Christian, that's kind of the same commandment he gives us in terms of like our relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. like we're supposed to learn about him love him with all our heart mind soul but then we're also supposed to like share that with others Absolutely. and multiply ourselves yeah. in that way so it's yeah. kind of a no doubt yeah spiritually yeah. like you've been you've been born again so now go and multiply yeah mm-hmm. and the exact one in the beginning hey multiply physically now we're supposed to multiply physically or I mean spiritually yeah. so yeah there's definitely that connection um, yeah which is really cool I remember my uh, my theology professor Dr. Ware would say, and this is not uh, in the Bible. He's just speculating, but, but he's, he's a said, really smart guy. He's so a I'm really smart him. guy, and he's thought about deep things for a long time. But I love what he said. I remember it just struck me in class. He said his his thought on the reason why God made sex so good. I mean, just think about it for a minute. Um, God made sex, right? He created it. Mm-hmm. Means he made our he made our bodies the way they are. He put nerve endings where they go. He created um, just sensations and feelings and orgasm. I mean, he did that. That was actually God. Like, God did it. It was his design. It was his good purpose. Um, He could have made procreation to be something that we just did out of duty, um, almost like the animal kingdom. It's just, you know, it's more of a duty. But God didn't make that for mankind. He made it a delight and this pleasurable, the most pleasurable act you're ever going to get on the planet is this act. Why did God make it so good? And Dr. Ware's theory was um, the pleasure that God had in making the universe. When God created the universe, the pleasure he had, he wanted to share that with his creatures. So the way we procreate the world is a pleasurable act. So mm-hmm. the, the pleasure God felt in creating the world, we get to experience a little bit of that pleasure when we procreate and make little babies. And I yeah. thought, well, that's really cool. Like God is a good, 
God um, who is for us, and he's given, he's given us an amazing gift, and that gift is sex. So you're saying, okay, so there was a song popular, I think, when we were, like, maybe in high school or something. It said... <laughs> Yes. You want me to sing it? <laughs> Absolutely. <Okay. laughs> Is it you and me, baby? You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so yes. let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Now, yes. I love it. Theologically speaking, and what we believe about sex and God and the Bible and the good gift that he's given us in marriage, like you, I mean, that's completely incorrect. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying in the animal world, it's very different than for humans yeah no doubt and we live on a cattle farm so we right. see it you know the cows come in heat the bulls come in like it's a very much it's instinct it's just to make more cows it's yeah. to make more dogs but there's this you know the cycle comes in and there's a, a moment where there's a there's an attraction there's a pulling together but it's very much a duty um where human beings are very different mm-hmm. um that's uh it's it's a gift that's supposed to be frequent and mm-hmm. not just for procreation, but also for pleasure. And we're going to see and that with, all throughout Scripture. With, in the marriage covenant. Yes. Animals don't have a marriage. That's right. <laughs> yes. And they're not supposed to be exclusive to one person. No. That's how. Yeah. So it's not wrong. <laughs> no. Like your family, they encourage yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. in the cow world yeah. to have one bull has many Yep. Heifers. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, that's right? Okay. Yeah. I love how okay. this got derailed so into cows and heifers. So I and married and into this farm life <laughs> situation. So I don't know a ton about it, but I just hear things from time to time. Yeah. But that's not wrong if you're a farmer or, yeah. you know, uh, breeding like, dogs, whatever. There's not it may disease be. that's going around yeah. in, like, you know, the animal world because, because you know, of that. Yeah. And I think where so, now you yeah. have humans where it's very different. And mm-hmm. I think there's reasons because it was supposed to be an exclusive marriage only type of a gift. And God's yeah. given to us. And when we treat it in a way that He doesn't say, it leads to a lot of very wrong things. Yeah. And um, I think I remember thinking through that myself. I mean, I knew it, but. We were starting to have those conversations about when are you going to talk to our children? When are we going to have those conversations with our kids about about sex and what that is and what it's for? And I was like, well, it should be easy for us because our kids have seen it on the farm and we can kind of use that. And you were just like, no, I don't want to do that. And the reason I don't want to like correlate the two is because it is so different. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Sex between. Married couples, it's a sacred thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're going to see. I think even our culture has made it just non-sacred, very smutty rather than sacred, and I think yeah. that's a big problem. Good. So yeah, so I think one of the places uh, that we're going to go as you think about, um, hopefully, you know, may, maybe you're single listening to this, maybe you're a married couple listening to this. We don't know um, your exact state, but we just want you to see. God's goodness um, in in giving a gift to married couples only, and that gift is sex. And uh, so we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and Paul's actually going to give um, some instruction to the church there. And uh, what? Ooh, I hear the pages, <laughs> pages ruffling. <laughs> oh, if you're turning in your Bibles, you can go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, if you're driving down the road, please don't try to look it up on your smartphone. But uh, this is one of those we'll passages that I think a lot of times people you know, will probably be shocked if you haven't heard this passage. Because what we're going to see is God is very pro-sex. 
And that's a little bit shocking because we don't think that. It's like, okay, sex has to be this arena that God's really not in control of or at least doesn't like want us to do. And we're going to see, you know, God is very pro-sex. He gave it as a gift. He wants it to be enjoyed frequently. And uh, so, yeah. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, verses 1 through 5. Do you want to read that since you got there in your Bible? (laughs) I am there, as you all heard. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now in response to the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to use a woman for sex, but because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. A husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife wife does. Do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this this gift, another has that. Okay. So Paul's, first of all, dealing with a question. And the question is, they've actually wrote to him and they've said, it's not good for a man to have sexual relations with a woman. And so this was a common view in especially the religious world. It was like, hey, somehow sex is earthy. It's not spiritual. So it's really the best is not to have sex because that's you know, um, and especially in Paul's time dealing in Roman culture and just Plato and a lot of the, the philosophies, it's the body is bad, our, our cravings are bad. And so this separation of body, you don't, these passions of your, of your flesh, you don't need to enjoy. So it's this idea of, okay, sex is something that your body wants. It can't be spiritual. And uh, so Paul's actually going to kind of talk towards that. And he said, look, there's, there's a temptation towards sexual morality. He says, therefore, each, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So um, he's kind of countering this. Okay, you're saying that to be spiritual, you shouldn't have sex. And he's saying, hey, I'm saying if you try that, there's a huge temptation coming your way. And even the passages that you read, he deals in the bottom of that where, hey, there is a gift to singleness. And maybe you have the gift of singleness. You're not going to be tempted in the same way a person that doesn't have the gift of singleness. There's going to be this desire. Paul says it's better to marry than to burn with passion um, a little bit later on in this text. Um, but here's what well, he says. I have a question. Yeah. So we know the author is Paul, right? Was, yeah. was Paul married? Paul was not. Yeah, because it says guy. it right in the next thing. Yeah, he's, he talks about how he's. So it's interesting that he writes a lot about marriage as a single person. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's from and God. I think, and I guess. some people would be like, "You can't ever give instructions unless you've already been through it." Or mm-hmm. you know, I hear that a lot. Yeah. Like, well, you can't ever tell somebody if you haven't been there. Well, mm-hmm. Paul and Jesus both talk about marriage and neither one of them were married. So, yeah. you know, good, you can take word. God's word mm-hmm. and as long as you have like the word of God, you can stand on it, even though you might not have the experience. Um, so yeah, Paul would say, Hey, singleness is great, but the reality is not everybody is made for singleness. And mm-hmm. if you have the sexual desires that are strong, they're leading to temptation. Um, that's, that's a trigger that says, Hey, you're meant for marriage and mm-hmm. you should be looking and pursuing and trying to find that husband and that wife. Um, but I love what it says. This so, so each 
man and woman should have their own husband or wife. So it's that exclusive relationship. And then I love in verse three, it says the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. So the husband should give. And that's really what we're trying to hit on this episode. It is sex is a gift that is given and received. It's not taken or demanded. And if you get nothing else out of this episode, that's the big thing I want you to see, that sex is a gift that's given and received. It's not taken or demanded. So he's saying, hey, you should give to your wife her, um, ESV says, conjugal rights. I think yours said uh, marital duties. Today I'm reading, <laughs> I'm bringing it all. You're just, yeah, you're, <laughs> who knows what Katie's reading. <laughs> it's the CSB, right? Christian standard. Yeah, which Bible. is a super great translation. But I do like the SV better. I like rights better than duty because duty sounds like yeah, I've got to do this. Not like, hey, this is what, well, this is one of the things I signed up for. Like, I get access to this. Yeah. This is this is one of my rights. And um, so he's saying, hey, ladies, you have a right um, to something. And then it says also, likewise, the, the wife to her husband. So here's the deal that in marriage, um, there's this conjugal right. And, and that's speaking explicitly to sexuality, like the conjugal union, that's sexuality. Um, so there's a right that comes with marriage. There's a gift that's given. Um, and that gift is ultimately and that sexual relationship. So I want to stop in reading through the text just a little bit. And uh, I want to talk about the three ways that people tend to look at sexuality. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've talked about this with several couples, several places. It's not original to me. Um, I think several people have said this. So, But I just want to give these three categories that I think are very, very helpful when it comes to um, how you view sex. And we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. And hopefully this will help um, maybe you see how you view sex in your marriage. So there's three ways that you possibly look at sex mm-hmm. okay so the first way yes do you want to i know, wanna him, I know him. <laughs> okay do you want to give them to him um, you can expound on them but it's the they're three g's right three g's yes <laughs> people either view that view it as um, a god yep gross yep or what we want and what we think god wants us to see sex as is a gift yes that's exactly God, right. gross, or gift? God, gross, or gift. So let's start with God, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and we're going to be very, we're going to talk in general terms a lot. So, um, you know, I'm going to speak to the husband some, can speak to the wife some, but this is not across the board. Every husband and wife thinks the same or views sex the same way. So, but I'm just going to make a general statement. If, if you're struggling with sexuality in your marriage, and most guys, I think, come into marriage viewing sex as a God. Mm-hmm. And what, what that means is sex is the ultimate thing of your marriage. It's the thing you demand. It's the thing you have to have. It's, it defines the identity of the marriage. If, if, if the guy is getting it a lot, then everything's great and he's happy and this is good. If he's not, man, personality changes, um, he's not, you know, pursuing his wife anymore, like, this is the thing that the marriage is built on. It, it becomes the idol of the marriage. Um, and I think just a word to this, that 
um, sex is not a God and it's a very bad God. Like it can't satisfy you the way only Jesus can. And when sex becomes an idol, it becomes the fuel of the marriage, but instead sex is supposed to be the fruit of the marriage. Mm -hmm. So it's not the fuel of the marriage. It's not the thing that's making or, um, the thing your marriage is instead, it's just a fruit. It's, Mm -hmm. it's one of the things we get to enjoy in marriage, but it's not the marriage. Um, so that's where if you're, you know, and maybe, maybe you're a girl and this is, you view sex as it's the thing you have to have. It's a thing you demand. It's a thing that, that makes it where you're going to be happy or sad that day, whether or not you get it. That means it's a God. It's not a gift. And so we don't want you to view sex as a God. So maybe go to the second category. Do you want to deal with that? Well, I think you can talk it too, in terms of like the unmarried, this can be a God too, you know, um, a very sinful God if if you're not married, obviously. But even if you're not like physically having sex with someone as an unmarried person, you could be, um, you know, watching pornography or just always consumed um, with it, you know? And so obviously a God um, before marriage too, you know? Um, Yeah. And I would say a lot of our culture Oh yeah, as, that's as is God. what our culture would be for I mean, sure. It's every you watch yeah. movies, songs. I mean, it's this thing that like defines the whole relationship, mm-hmm. and it's what the relationship is. It's um, very much glamorized. Obviously, the frequency of pornography all over our culture, all over the internet. Like it's this, it's this thing that's taken out of marriage to be worshipped and celebrated, um, and uh, in, in a negative way, like yeah. celebrated in like this is the thing that I have to have and must demand. And if I don't get it, I'm not even fully human. Mm-hmm. And that's a really dangerous place to be um, yeah. because you're human without expressing your sexuality. Yeah. I mean, think about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He never expressed his sexuality in an act. Um, and he's <laughs> fully human. <laughs> like yeah. he's the greatest human that ever lived. And Paul is not, um, um, he, he's not, uh, using his sexuality. He's, he's single mm-hmm. and, uh, and celibate. And that is a great thing too. He's fully human. Um, so, uh, and even for you, you might have desires, um, that are not appropriate the way God has, has, has said, and you don't have to act on those desires to be fully human. Right. And that's what our culture would absolutely frown on. Yeah. And I think too, with those desires, you know, let those desires tell you that, you know, marriage, you know, could be a possibility for you versus like feeling bad because, oh, uh, you know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, no doubt. I long, or I think, you know, this certain girl is so pretty or whatever, like that in itself is not wrong. Like I think God designed us that way. And that's just supposed to point us towards marriage versus, um, sexual immorality. Yeah. So, so this is to the, to the young men perhaps, but uh, I love what Dr. (laughs) Moeller once said to a group of young men. He said, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's a pretty smart dude. Very smart guy. Yeah. I remember he talked, um, one time also the group of young guys and he's talking to us and he said, you know, when you hit puberty, when you start getting those desires and feelings, um, he said what that it's an awakening to say, um, you don't have a toy to play with but instead you have a tool that's meant to build something. And so this idea of now you have these sexual feelings, culture says 
you got a toy. Yeah. So go use play them. with it, yeah. use it, whether that's pornography or sleeping around, whatever it is, you've just got this, this fun now, just go enjoy. And what the Bible would say is, no, you have a tool that is meant to build marriage. And so what you need to do is pursue purity and to grow into manhood and pursue a wife that then you can use your sexuality to build a family one day and to grow in purity. And I thought that was a really good distinction. Very of, good. And when you have those feelings that are awakening, this is not my time to just play around. This is my time to start pursuing manhood and growing so that I can build my family one day um, with the sexuality God's given me. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool thing. That is a cool um, thing. So yeah, so it's not a God. What is it also not, Katie? It is not gross. Yes. And so, like we said, generally speaking, I feel like oftentimes, you know, the women are the ones who fall into this category a little bit more. Um, in thinking of sex in terms of a dirty thing, a gross thing, even after marriage. I'm not just talking about before marriage. Um, and it's so, it is so interesting too when you think about, um, I think for women, you know, we watch these romantic movies and, you know, even before um, we're married, um, read romantic books or yeah. that, ha- not even like, I'm not even talking about like the Daniel Steele, like love novels, but I'm, I'm a reader. I like fiction, um, books, but it, it just seems like that's, that's, that's a theme in yeah. these books, these romantic relationships that often have sex in them. And we, we indulge in those things and we think, sex is beautiful and awesome and whatever then you get into marriage and the day-to-day and it's like oh I don't want to do that you know it becomes this like gross thing Mm -hmm. and um I think you know even before we before marriage this may be weird for some to think about but you think about you know, that couple that's been married for a long time, or you maybe even your parents, you're like, oh, that's so gross that they do that, you know? Um, And it's like, but yet we'll watch a TV show with a young couple who's not married, maybe even an adulterous situation, and it looks fun and exciting. Like all these simple like things that we think of in our mind in that way. But we look at a marriage sexual relationship as, eh, you know boring or gross or whatever it may be and um i think the bible paints completely different picture and we're gonna see that coming (laughs) yeah it's amazing how crafty song of solomon (laughs) um how crafty satan is so crafty you know yeah i I can't quote it but c.s lewis talks about that a little bit that you know satan he has nothing um he's not a creator so he can't offer us anything that Hmm. that's good and beautiful and true he can only take that which is good and beautiful and true and distort it Mm -hmm. and so i think that's a sexuality like Satan did not create sexuality. He did not um, create these feelings that we have. He can only take what God has made good, perfect, and beautiful and distort it and mm-hmm. sell us a cheaper version that looks better. Yeah. And I think that's so true that sex outside of marriage, it always looked captivating and, and exciting. I think the, and the, thing, the thing that you said there that stuck out to me most was looks. It looks mm-hmm. better. What you don't see on the TV shows is the scars that follow for a lifetime. You don't see um, maybe the sexually transmitted disease that is a result of, you know, this flippant, casual view of sex. You know, you don't see the unwanted pregnancy a lot of times um, that puts you in a place you never thought you would be. So it that idea of the look, the appearance of 
satisfaction and pleasure, but you don't see the scars that yeah. that follow and the shame. Yeah, so. I love Proverbs chapter nine. It says, "Can a man carry fire next to his chest and not get burned?" And it's in the context of sexual morality, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, you can't grab fire and it not burn you. And the, the you know a lot of times sex in the Bible is is used the metaphor of fire, and you think about a campfire is good. Cause it's got a, it's got a ring around it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful in this ring, but outside of it, if you take the fire and just put it in the woods, it's Mm going to burn the forest down. And I think marriage, the covenant is the fire ring. Mm -hmm. It's the protector where whatever happens. Johnny Cash sings about that. The ring of fire. That's what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it's this beautiful, like, we're, I can be trusted. I can be vulnerable. I can be a hundred percent known. No one's going to take advantage of me. And, um, you know, especially if, if you're a girl and you're in a relationship that's that you, this guy's not married you and he's um, using you sexually. It's just that he's using you. It's mm-hmm. not a gift. He's not giving and it's taking. He has no um, authority. He's not pledged himself to you. He's just taking and hurting. And uh, so I think if you're in a relationship that is enjoying the fruit of marriage without marriage, mm-hmm. um, man, you need to repent right now because that's only leading to trouble. Um, and I think in ter- with us having done youth ministry for a long time and me counseling girls through some of this heartache and just seeing, you know, just even in our lives growing up and things, um, just like. I, I refer to it as a mini marriage when you're in a relationship and maybe most of the time this refers to high school, young college, you're in this, this super intense relationships where sex is a part of it. And it's like, it really is like a mini marriage. Yeah. So you want to know what it feels like when that relationship ends? It feels like a divorce. Yeah. You know, um, I always tell, or I've said this before, um, in parents dealing with, um, breakups of their children in college and in high school and those not to discard the heartache Mm -hmm. that their children are feeling because if they had a mini marriage they're going through a mini divorce and it those I mean I know it's not the exact same but man those emotions are real and hard and sometimes take a lifetime to get over so um so yeah that was it's a little free, no, extra. Yeah, no, I love it. It's again, it's a gift, and uh, think about it, a gift of Christmas morning. Like you open it Christmas morning, it's great. If you if you're a kid that sneaks down, opens it a week early, mm-hmm. it's shame and guilt and anger, and like it's it's not mm-hmm. gonna satisfy you. So mm-hmm. I think just keeping if you're single, wait for the gift to be mm-hmm. enjoyed in marriage. If you are married. Um, celebrate the gift. So, yeah, it's not gross. I think gross, when we're talking about like it's a God or gross, um, gross can also not mean that the wife or even the husband thinks it's dirty or actually gross. It's just not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's neglected. It's like, eh, I can take it or leave it. Yeah. That's also in the category of gross. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, this is not a big deal. Why do we even have to do this? And what God says in your marriage is, no, this is a huge deal. And we're going to see as we walk through this passage a little bit more that it's supposed to be enjoyed regularly. Mm-hmm. So it's not a God. Yeah. Um, it's not the thing of your marriage. It's not gross. It's not dirty or to be neglected. But instead. Well, I, I also think on gross, one more thing, like just, you know, I've heard from girls that are and maybe even both married, both people in the marriage, they waited to have sex till they were married, which 
until they were married, which awesome. Yeah. Like that's, that's exactly yeah, like how God intended for it to be. That's amazing. And they struggle a little bit at first, you mm-hmm. know, over time, but they do struggle a little bit at first because for so long it's been no, no, no. And yeah. then now it's all of a sudden, yes. Yeah. So I think just, you know, in thinking about, you know, why are you guys doing a, a series like this? Or why are you talking about this on the podcast today? It's for encouragement, really, mm-hmm. for married couples in that situation to know. And we hear us saying, I have a pastor sitting across the table for, and he is saying, God says it is good and it is a gift Absolutely. to enjoy. So be encouraged in that young married couples, older married couples all across the board and everything in between um, that it is a gift, you know? Yeah. And sometimes your feelings don't match what's true and go with truth because when you go with truth, your feelings will catch up. So if it's like, I just don't feel like, okay, what does the Bible say? Does it say it's good and it's a gift? Okay. Then give and receive it. And the more you give and receive it, the more you're going to grow and feel like, okay, this is, this is good. I'm excited. I'm celebrating this. Um, so yeah, so it's not a God, it's not gross, but instead, what is it, Katie? It's a gift. It's a gift. I would also say if you don't get anything else out of this, you should be able to leave this podcast listening session and say, sex is a gift. Yeah, Because we've said absolutely. it like a million times. Yeah, it's not God, not gross. It's a gift. Um, so don't worship it. Don't neglect it. But instead, enjoy it. Yeah. That's what we're trying to say about sexuality. So Paul's just said, give to your wife her conjugal rights. Give to your husband his conjugal rights. And then he says in verse 4, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. I mean, that's pretty... Yeah. That's pretty wild. Like, um, he's basically saying, I own your body. Yeah. I don't know what I think about that. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think for most readers, it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course the husband owns the wife. Like, that's that's common. That's that's just run of the mill. But then he goes on and Mm -hmm. says, likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So that's the beautiful thing about sex and marriage it's there's ownership there's commitment there is you're not so sex before marriage you are stealing you are taking you are trespassing mm-hmm. think about that how yeah. bad it is to trespass and steal you're a violent thief um before if you're participating in sex outside of marriage but in marriage you're on your own land like this is ownership this is shared property this is together you own one another and it's a both it's both streets like the wife owns the husband the husband owns the wife and so what you have belongs to me what i have belongs to you so what's paul saying give it don't don't withhold something that belongs to your spouse but instead give um those things and he actually says it point blank in verse 5 do not deprive one another mm-hmm. do not deprive one another and i think just that's a you know, because here's the deal. You, as a, if you're listening to this and you're a married couple, you struggle with sex. Yeah. It's just, we know because everybody does like we do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it happens like there's all sorts of different, um, and, and there's seasons, there's seasons where, yeah, it's tough. And then you kind of go in a good season and then it gets, you know, life happens and kids and bedtimes and it's just, it's tough. And so just put this banner over your marriage. Don't deprive one another in the area of sex. And I think if we would do that and look for ways to give and receive, I think it could really help our marriages be so healthy. Yeah. Um, I love the uh, the Bethmore quote. 
Um, she says, <laughs> I think I've actually heard my dad quote Beth yes. Morris. I don't know if she says this, but he says she did. So Brother Ricky says Beth Morris says this. So I'm sure she did. Um, but she basically says that um, what prayer is to the Christian life is what sex is to marriage. And think about what's your prayer life to God. It's that intimacy. It's that things are okay. We're talking, we're communicating. Mm-hmm. Think about your marriage, that, that sexual relationship. It says, hey, we're in harmony. Things, things are going good. Like if you're mad at each other, if you're fighting and angry, you're probably not going to be able to enjoy the fruit of sex. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a gift you want to do. But if things are going well and there's pursuit and grace and joy, then the overflow of that, the fruit of that is going to be a healthy sexual relationship. Yeah. Um, so I think it's something to be pursued. Um, so do you got anything to, to think about when it says don't deprive one another? Any any encouragement? I think it's coming, but I, I we're going to talk about it um, when we talk about some practical things. But I do think, you know, that's a, when you say that, it's different for everybody. Every couple looks different. What, what does deprive mean for you? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think that's a conversation you have to have with your spouse. But, um, yeah, I do think that's a good a good word to keep in mind, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to be thinking about as a married couple. Are we depriving one another? Yeah. 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 And I think just that idea, like, I have a gift that belongs to Katie. Mm-hmm. Do I want to withhold that gift or do I want to give that gift? You know, it's like, it's kind yeah. of that, and I think for the for you to think, okay, I have a gift that belongs to Corey. Don't want to hold that, or don't want to give that. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just I think you want the gift a lot less, probably, <laughs> and I want the gift a lot more. But there's this compromise of, hey, yeah. I'm not demanding, right. I'm receiving. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm giving, not forcing. Like mm-hmm. it's this beautiful of. Well, and you think about, I'm going back to the wedding gift analogy, like. <laughs> When people give you a gift for your wedding, you're not like, well, it's about time that you give me this wedding gift. Yeah. Like you <laughs> receive yeah. it gladly, yeah. you know, yeah. and excitedly and, oh my goodness, thank you. You didn't have to do this, yeah. you know? And so, um, instead of like, hey, you haven't got me a wedding gift yet. Yeah. You know, why haven't you given me a gift yet? Yeah. You so know? it's not like so, payment. Yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, it's, not, it's not payment, free, it's a gift. like mm-hmm. gift and on both ends, like the yeah. giver and the receiver, you yeah. know, it's a, it's a joy. Yeah. And I think just, I mean, to be honest, I think sometimes in your marriage, you're going to give the gift when you don't want, yeah. when you don't necessarily want the gift. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you're going to just give the gift to your spouse and you don't feel like it. You don't want to, but it's just, Hey, I know my husband which is probably the case i was gonna say when have you ever been that way um it's probably this is probably more I for think the he's put words in my mouth he's like speaking for me right yeah now. Um, but it could be the other way around it yeah. could be you know well and here's the, the thing wife. i do think this is a good place for this Our disclaimer not every which we said this but i just want i want to make clear that we are not speaking across the board here we are um, saying most couples, it doesn't mean if this doesn't apply to you, something is wrong with you. Um, but we're saying blanket, most couples in our dealings with people, this is generally how it goes. (laughs) And also, um, I feel like I need to say too here, um, you know, there could be something medical that is wrong and we're not, we're not speaking to those individual situations um you know we're talking just blanket statements based off of what we've seen most and also you know there's also this piece of this if you have a past of um 
sexual immorality before marriage that you haven't talked about or that is tucked away somewhere and there's a lot of shame and guilt, that plays into your marriage relationship, which yeah. is why God, no you know, doubt. says it's it's not right, it's not good. Um, that and also sexual abuse in your mm-hmm. past can taint this whole message that we're saying Absolutely. tremendously. So in those two, if, if you're if you're that person and you're saying, well, what do I do? Yeah. Um, I would say if there's just sexual immorality, not abuse, first have that conversation with your spouse if you haven't and see if you two can work on that together. Yeah. But if not, bring in a third party counselor yeah, um, sure. to work through that with you. And especially if there's sexual abuse in your past that is hindering this relationship, you really need to think about um, a professional. Yeah, I, I no think. Doubt. And yeah. I think that's okay. Don't feel... Or don't feel uncomfortable because this topic is a little uncomfortable. Trust me, the count, the professional counselors have, this is what they're there yeah. for. And they are trained to help and to, to get you through that. Yeah. So. Cause we're talking a lot about And there's gift. hope. There's so much hope there, Absolutely. you know. But um, inevitably the gift has been broken in some way mm-hmm. or dropped off the UPS truck. Like it's, it's broken mm-hmm. a little bit, all of us. So yeah. it's how do we give the gift, but also maybe repair the gift yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's good. And so I yeah. think just that, hey, maybe my gift needs repairing before I can give it in a way that's glorifying to the Lord. So get the help, repair it, yeah. restore it. And if you're the if you're the husband or wife on the other end, give grace and, so much and, grace. and mercy yeah. and just patience uh, to try to let your spouse work through some of that. But the goal would be we want to get to a place where we see it how God sees it and we give and receive it how God wants us to. Um, because Paul says right after that, um, there is a there is a moment where you can deprive each other, and that is um, – except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Okay, let's let's stop here for a second. Okay. Have we ever done this? Um, no. Okay, so like I just bring that up because don't be that person that's like I'm just praying. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, Paul says that, but like I don't Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. Well, no, I think it, no, yeah. how often this no, is happening. I think, well, I think it would be the okay, if you are a spouse who's like, you know, just neglecting the gift and not giving it, like there better be fasting <laughs> and praying. praying happening for a specific maybe there's a decision you got to make or things are just really tough. Like you're really like it's visibly that you are, you know, in a, in a season where um, but he says for a limited time. Mm-hmm. Like this needs to be quick and to the point and to get over whatever this yeah. hindrance is and i think even he's i don't given, think you should have to pray and fast for like a month no but I, <laughs> but, I, but but i do think i mean think about the context here it's the context of giving and receiving this gift okay if it's not happening what do you do well don't just demand it but take whatever the 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 roadblock and go mm-hmm. and fast and pray and work like this is yeah. a spiritual problem. This could be like on the topic of repairing. Like Absolutely. maybe that's why it's not happening. And no so doubt. instead of just say, well, it's not happening because it's not happening. Yeah. Pray about why it's not happening yeah. Yeah. so or, that it will. Yeah. Or go, go seek help. Go get counsel. Like mm-hmm. this is the prayer fast. Like take, take the opportunity. This isn't happening. There's a problem. It's mm-hmm. not like, well, we're just not like other couples. No, there's a work problem. On it. Mm-hmm. Work on it so that you can get back to the regular rhythm, which is good and, and, and glorifying in God's sight. Because right after that, he says, but then come 
together again. So again, that's that that sexual relationship so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Yeah. So now he's bringing spiritual warfare. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you as a married couple are not enjoying the gift regularly and frequently, I mean, that's, that's the language here. It's a regular, frequent thing then you're going to have temptation come your way. Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking, well, I'm not tempted. Your spouse probably is. Yeah. And it's like, do you want your spouse to leave your house every day starving to death with all of the things this world has to offer? Because I promise you, your husband or your wife is going to see billboards and Instagram feeds. I mean, it's going to be all over lust, lust, lust. And if your husband or wife well, is if, not full of they, love. If they have a cell phone, it's in their back pocket at all yeah. times. Yeah. Instant and access free. to all the lust you could ever want. So how do you fight against lust? You fight it with the fire of love. You get full on love and you're not going to starve for lust mm-hmm. because you see it's a cheap imitation. It's not the real thing. So, but I think if you're starving, <laughs> then it's, it's a lot more tem- tempting. You have a lack of self-control and that's what Paul's really trying to get to say, Hey, this is, th- this is going to be a problem. Um, so I think we see that, um, this giving and receiving is what, um, ultimately uh, that's the goodness of, of that God has given us when it comes to, um, sexuality. Yeah. So. Okay. So are we ready for practical advice? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would just say, um, I'm just going to allude to a passage and okay. I want you to go and read as a couple oh, I like because that. we have kind of went you a little bit. You have homework. Yeah, we've went a little bit longer on this first part, I think, than we maybe anticipated. But I think it's been good. I think we had a lot of good yeah. fruitful dialogue. Um, but Proverbs chapter 5 is a great, the illustration is your sexuality is like, you know, you're thirsty. You have sexual desires. So the thought is, where are you going to drink from? And he has this kind of this illustration of either a sewer which is wild and free, running in the streets. It's it, it's it's everywhere, but it's also gross. It's polluted. It's sewage. That's really the world sexuality. It's wild, free, do whatever you want, but it's polluted and gross. The other illustration is drink from your own cistern, your own fountain. This one that's protected. It's a well. It's not wild and free. It's it's contained, but guess what? It's not sewer. <laughs> it's satisfying. It's good. It's healthy. And so he goes into um, talking about. Marriage. So, um, uh, Proverbs chapter five, verses eighteen through nineteen. There's six descriptions about sexuality, and it's about being blessed, joyful, beautiful, satisfying, delightful, and intoxicating. And so, just read through that that description and see this is God's plan for sexuality. He mm-hmm. desires for us to be intoxicated, literally be drunk in love with each other. Mm -hmm. Like at that moment where you're just completely abandoned with each other, completely excited in that moment, that's really God's beautiful design. And uh, that only happens through understanding the gift, understanding the context and treating it the way God wants it to be treated. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not as a God, not as gross, but instead as a gift. Um, It's interesting how the creator of sex knows how it, should work right yeah (laughs) like that's crazy right like what what does he know yeah Um, yeah but think about that you know as you're talking and I'm thinking through like what all we've said I'm like man this is really good like this makes so much sense and it's like duh that's because how God designed it all to work best yeah yeah but then turn on anything you watch it's meet hook up live together at some point way down the road get married 
And it's yeah. like the exact reversal of what God would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're hitting a lot on that on the Song of Solomon. We're talking about marriage and all those beauties. Um, so, yeah. So let's practically bring it home. Think about, okay, if you're a married couple, if you're a single, what do you do with the gift of sex? So first of all, if you're single, you don't give or receive it right now. Yeah. You say, okay, Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. He is my God. Mm-hmm. He is my Lord. I'm satisfied in him, um, and, uh, and that's, that's where I'm at. I'm mm-hmm. waiting. I'm pure. I'm, I'm staying. Um, I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm not giving myself to lust, but instead I'm, pract- I'm fleeing sexual morality um, along with those who call upon the Lord with a pure heart. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. Um, so flee lust and pursue purity. Um, get some accountability. Get some yeah. other single. If you're a girl, get some single ladies. If you're a guy, get some single guys and say, hey, hold me accountable. Um, I've got you know, a few and guys that I text regularly. Hey, how's your eyes? How's yeah. your purity? It's a fight. Let's fight for purity as singles. And also if you're in a relationship with someone, maybe that's, you know, it's a good relationship that's heading towards marriage. Maybe you're even engaged. Like seek, I just heard this on a podcast recently and I was like, man, that's good. Um, about a couple, a young engaged couple who sought out an older married couple and said, hold us accountable to purity. We both have our own apartment and it's getting really hard because we're engaged and we know it's coming. And so this older couple said, this is amazing. We want to help you. And they said, come hang out at our house. We don't want to hang out. We'll be upstairs. We'll come downstairs and get a drink every once in a while, but come hang out at our house. Y'all can be together. You can be alone, but yet, you know, we're always there and we're always going to come down and check. That's awesome. So I thought that was so cool. And it's like, that just doesn't happen. I, I don't think, I don't yeah. see that happening, but I thought what a neat way to protect yourselves in such a God honoring way. Yeah. And also you form this cool relationship Absolutely. with this older couple. And yeah. I can, I mean, I'm going to guarantee you if you find that older couple and um, you say those words to them, they are going to be so pumped. Don't Absolutely. feel like they're going to be like, well, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. They're, I mean, if they're a godly couple, they're going to think they this is it. the coolest yeah. thing ever. Yeah. That you are that in love with the Lord and each other that you would do that. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm going to give you a verse. Hebrews 13, chapter 4. This is for singles and marrieds. Here's what it says. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. So if you're single, how do you honor marriage and honor the marriage bed? You don't participate. Mm-hmm. It says God's going to judge those who go into the bed without marriage. And if you are married, what do you do? What well, says you honor it. And how do you honor it? You give and receive this beautiful gift and make it something that God intends it to be. So I think that's a really great verse just to hold for singles and marrieds. We honor and we honor the marriage bed. How do we do that? Don't participate as a single, participate as a married couple. That's how we honor it and celebrate it. Um, so yeah, so let's get to some practical, we have kind of three practical things, right? And I try (laughs) try to make them all be H's because you know, that's just you know, helps you remember. So moving forward, advice for couples about intimacy. The first thing is have a conversation. If you haven't, have a conversation. Yes. Um, maybe you've been married 10 years and you've never had a conversation about sex. You just do it when you do it and that's great. 
have a conversation. Um, talk about frequency, what you would like to see happen, what's not happening. Talk about ways you can honor one another in this area. Talk about things you may be uncomfortable with, like whatever. Just have a conversation. Yeah. It doesn't have to be super serious. It can be hilarious. You know, yeah. you can have fun with that. Like you have that right as a married couple to have this conversation. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, so like think about if you're, yeah, just sit down and, okay, honey, in a perfect world, your perfect week, <laughs> how many times we celebrate the gift, you know, and then whatever your spouse says, then turn it around. Okay, in my perfect week, I would, and odds are you're going to be. Totally different. Yeah, you're probably going to be miles apart. Okay, realistically, where if we both had a perfect week and we mm-hmm. both gave and, and, you know, and compromised a little bit, where would we land? And mm-hmm. I think just then, you know, talk about, um, Hey, that, that sounds good. How could we get there? You mm-hmm. know, how do we make time for that? And maybe another conversation be, what are the roadblocks? What are the issues that, that cause us not to celebrate this gift mm-hmm. and talk through some of those issues? What are the, and maybe it's, I'm tired. Um, cause I mean, if you, if you got kids and you're working, keeping the house straight and with sports and like, I mean, let's be honest, the marriage bed a lot of times is just lay down and watch Netflix because I'm so tired. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a fight to say there's something better than Netflix and yeah. it's something that we have together, but how do we cultivate that? How do we, so maybe it's, I mean, just real practically, um, you know, maybe it's guys. Um, okay, you put the kids down to bed and let your mm-hmm. wife go take a Have bath. A few minutes, yeah. Let's say, hey, honey, you're off duty. Go take a shower. Go take a bath. Go read a book. I'm going to take all the kids. I'm going to put them to bed. I'm going to give them their baths. I'm going to do all this. And your wife's probably thinking the whole time, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. My honey's like doing some things. And um, maybe that will make the wife a little more relaxed and then not as tired. And hey, yeah. It might turn out good I for you. I love that idea, babe. <laughs> I'm putting the kids to bed tonight. Here we go. <laughs> um, no, that's a good one. But also we we had said too, like pursue, like for the guy, I think pursuing, like, you know, as a wife in that conversation you have, you could say, you could pursue me throughout the day by doing this. Maybe yes. it's a text message. Maybe it's a kiss in the morning or when you get home. Or maybe it's a um, unloading the dishwasher, which we've talked about yes. before on here. But in those conversations. As y'all can tell, I get a lot of points with the dishwasher. dishwasher yeah. <laughs> um, but in those conversations, also be, um, our next thing is, so we've got have a conversation and then have grace. Mm. So in those, it's not a like, okay, well, I got you know, the wife, I let her read a book and um, take a bath and I'm putting the kids to bed. So now when I come downstairs or when I come into the bedroom, she is ready for me. Yeah. That may not be the case. Yeah. Just do it because you want to serve her Absolutely. and love her. Um, and wife, take note of that and think, man, you know, but also don't turn it into a, you do this, I get Absolutely. this kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but do to have those conversations, have grace in this area, especially grace for um, hurt from their past um, would be. On so this you've side. probably heard this if you're a listener. I don't know, but it, I think it's a really good illustration if you haven't heard this. And that's crock pot versus the microwave. Oh, yeah. And it really does is a helpful thought, especially if you're a guy and you're like, I don't, just don't get my wife. I'm so confused. Like, so here's. God's made us different. And I think one of the ways we're different, especially in sexuality, is, you know, if you're a husband, and this is most husbands, this could also be you as a wife, but one of you is probably a microwave. And what I mean by that is, like, you're 
hit the button, hit start, and you're ready to go. That's typically the guys, like, it doesn't matter what happened that day, the moment, like, the wife's into it, boom, ready to go. Um, typically, the wife is more like a crock pot, and that's a very slow, slow heat up process. So, it is, like Katie mentioned, more of through the day, I noticed you, I did things, I, I took you on a date, those kind of, that's romance, you know, mm-hmm. for, I think for, you know, most guys, romance, intimacy, all of that is that moment of sexuality. Mm-hmm. For a yeah. girl, it's everything outside of that leads to that. Mm-hmm. Guys, like, it's all right here in this boom one moment. Yeah. For a girl, it's all the things that lead up to that. So just, if you're a guy, know that your wife is not like you. She's not a, you know, hit three minutes and boom, let's go. Yeah. It's a long, you got to start in the morning and because you want it to be this, this, cultivating exciting pursuing loving nurturing awesome awesome gift you get to celebrate and again guys you're not doing this to get something you are loving your wife well and again it's not the fuel of your marriage it's the fruit of it this is what love produces um, in that thing so yeah so have a conversation have grace have grace so again sex is not to be demanded it's something to be received and given Mm -hmm. i think that's a big thing we're trying to hit on like give grace Girls, if you do everything and your husband doesn't give it to you, that's okay. Yeah. Do you like that one? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you're doing everything and you don't get it, it's okay. Yeah. Like, still rub her back and tickle her and just go to bed. Give her a kiss on the back tickle? and say, I love you. Yeah, I don't know if it's a tickle, but rub her back maybe if don't, she likes please that. Please don't tickle me. <laughs> hey. You know. Okay, and the last one and my favorite is have fun. You know, and that sounds so like petty and childish, but seriously, in this area of your marriage, have fun and um, make an effort to have fun. Yeah. You know, so make the effort to light the candle, to do the special thing that you know your spouse likes, you know, to get ready without your clothes on. Whatever it is, have fun. Wait, what, did you, what was that <laughs> one? What did you say? I'm not saying it again because I know you heard me, but um, just have fun yeah. with your spouse. Yeah. And I think, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like whatever that is, looks like for have fun. Yeah, no doubt. This is not like, oh, I've got to do this. Mm -hmm. Like this is the exciting thing the world is absolutely nuts obsessed with. I mean, just open your eyes and look around. The world is crazy obsessed with this everywhere all the time. You get to enjoy it as a couple. And Satan wants to try to make that as awkward and as strange and as weird as it could be. And it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a neat thing, too. And, I mean, the Bible describes marriage as a mystery, you know. And it's like in thinking about that. And I think we are going to attempt in Song of Solomon. And today, I feel like we've, you know, we haven't crossed any boundaries. Just like I said in the mi- in the beginning about pornography pornographic speech or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But like it's between you and your spouse and no one else gets to be a part of that with you. It's this private, intimate mystery that's just between you. And that's really special. Yeah. So I would end this podcast by saying have fun. Yeah. That's (laughs) awesome. So guys and girls, if you're married. Yes. Have a blast. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the imagery the Bible paints. This amazing mm-hmm. thing that, man, you get to do. And it's, and I'm even just like, you know, the science behind it. Like, yeah. endorphins and, you know, yeah. it, it just excitement and, like, happiness mm-hmm. and um, all those things. And there's been, I love, like, reading, like, secular things where it's, like, 
you know, unanimously, <laughs> the best sex is monogamous couples who are married. And yeah. it's like the foreign thought, but it's like there's protection, there's joy, there's excitement, there's love and commitment and all those things. And there's a lifetime. Excitement. There's a lifetime. You know, if you're married, you know, in your Christian marriage, the idea is that your marriage is for a lifetime. Yeah. And separate you know, by death is when it's ended, you know? So it's like from day one to (laughs) the final, you know, when you're older, whatever, there's a change in this area of intimacy in your life and there is growth and it's just that same person. So it's like, it's going to get better with time and experience and knowing one one another more and more and more and more and more. So like that's, I mean, I would say that's a big reason why behind those kind of um, surveys no or doubt. whatever. Yeah. Because it is a versus a one night stand yeah. or whatever. It's like in those, like, what's what's this person thinking? Oh, yeah. What are they going to do tomorrow? Where, or how do I, you know, none of those feelings are in marriage. It's like, I know where they're at tomorrow. They're yeah. waking up with me and mm-hmm. I know where they're going to be tomorrow night. They're going to be with me. And so I think that just brings, um, so yeah, have a conversation after you get to listen to this, talk to your spouse, say, I think like the two biggest things in marriage are money and sex. So you probably struggle in this area in some degree, talk about it, have a conversation, how read through first Corinthians seven together, read through Proverbs five together and ask, how can we celebrate the gift more? It's not guys. It's not a God. Um, girls, it's not gross. Instead, it is a gift to be given and received and celebrated. Um, and I think even just one other like thing about it, you know, don't, um, I think it should be something that, um, I'm trying to think how to say this, like our kids should see romance between, um, like if you're a married couple and you have kids, your kids should see romance happening in your house. So what I mean by that is, Husbands, kiss your wife in front of your kids. Hold her hand. Give her a hug. Don't let the only place they see romance be on TV with unmarried people. Right. That's going to set a very dangerous thought for them. Oh, sex and romance is for unmarried people. Married people are boring and don't love each other. And I want my kids to be like, Dad, God, so gross. Quit kissing mom. (laughs) And you say, but it's not gross. (laughs) It's not gross. It's good. It's a gift that God gave us. So then they see the world saying... Sex is only good outside of marriage. Well, I don't know. It seems like my dad and my mom love each other a lot. Yeah. And it seems like they're they're kissing all the time. So I And also that. with that, you know, that's a picture for our children. But I think when marriage is held in honor and is in, in you know, you as a couple have done these things and have made it this priority, it's going to spill over into just your relationship in general. And then the gospel is able to be proclaimed because people see your marriage and see that it's different. Yeah. Um, in, you know, my prayer and hope would be that the church, you know, and I feel like it's gotten a lot of flack for this in the past, but it's like the marriages inside the church should look so different than the marriages of the world. Yeah. And they should look um, healthy and they should, you should see that picture of that husband and wife that are, you know, been married for 30 years and they're holding hands. You know, yeah. or they can't keep their hands off each other at dinner. Yeah, that's you awesome. know, that's a beautiful picture of the gospel. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. So and I think the we'll gospel see and in, marriage. And I think we'll see in Song of Solomon a lot. There's kind of two planes that happens on romance and intimacy and love and it's the husband and wife ultimately reflect this Christ church relationship. And we're gonna deal with how those two reflect each other a lot. 
and how just your romance and intimacy reflect your relationship with Jesus and how awesome it is and vibrant it is. And we're going to talk about that um, in our next little mini-series uh, through yeah. the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. Um, so, yeah. Have fun. <laughs>